This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by FLM Harvest, a strategic, full-service creative consultancy reaching more farmers and farm leaders than any agency in the country. Learn more at flmharvest.com. Good Thursday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. USDA and FDA are out with a long-awaited shared regulatory framework, but things aren't set in stone quite yet. The news came this afternoon of how the two entities plan to regulate cell-cultured meat. For now, things look pretty similar to the joint announcement from November. FDA will oversee cell collection and growth. USDA will assume oversight of harvesting and labeling of the products. But implementation of the minute details will clarify many of the lingering questions about the language. For the most part, reaction to the news was positive. National Cattlemen's Beef Association President Jennifer Houston cheered the lead regulatory role for USDA. She said this is what NCBA called for and what consumers deserve. Cultured meat producers also welcomed the news, saying the framework gives them regulatory certainty as they develop their products. But not everyone is so welcoming. Leah Biondo with the U.S. Cattlemen's Association is concerned about the use of USDA stamps on the products. On the whole... We're encouraged by both of these agencies preemptively formalizing this joint regulatory framework, you know, prior to the commercialization of these products. We're also excited that FSIS has pre-market labeling authority where we think that agency is most uh, capable of taking on that uh, labeling jurisdiction. However, uh, we are opposed to what appears to be the utilization of the USDA meat inspection stamp on these products. She says USDA could differentiate the products by developing a different stamp for cultured meat and different language on the labels. The sorghum industry is celebrating news of a Chinese purchase of U.S. product for the first time in about a year. According to USDA export sales data, China purchased about 2.6 million bushels of U.S. sorghum in the last week. National Sorghum Producers Chairman Dan Atkinson characterized it as a vessel in a statement and said NSP was thrilled to see it on the books. AgriPulse caught up with Atkinson at last week's Commodity Classic. He says he'd like to see a trade deal with China finalized as producers start planting. Coming up in the in the next marketing year, we're, you know, we'll start planting sorghum this spring and, and, and we'll know where we're going to be at come fall. You know, as the marketing year rolls around for us, I think it's it's increasingly important that we get that done sooner rather than later so that my financial team, you know, my banker, myself, my wife, we have some type of certainty when it comes to marketing our crop rather than just having our, our currently depressed markets because of that lack of export market. He says China needs to be an honest broker on the world stage. I think it's time to stand up and do the right thing and you know hold China accountable for what they said they'd do over the last years. I think it's time to make them accountable, but the time's, time's running out. Um, I think that farm country is definitely in a time frame where if, if we go another six months without a trade deal done, we're in big trouble. So uh, and I think it's, it's just time to come to the table and get the job done. Atkinson said today the sales news is believed to be a direct result of meetings between U.S. and Chinese leaders. Finally today, rural electric co-ops hope new information will lead to better understanding of their needs on Capitol Hill. AgriPulse's Ben Nully has more. Electric cooperatives hope a new economic study looking at their impact on rural America will help the case for increased funding for rural development programs. The study looks at the impacts of electric cooperatives nationwide. It shows they contribute $88 billion to the U.S. GDP annually while improving rural economies. Jim Matheson is CEO of the National Rural Electric Cooperatives Association. He says this study sends a signal Congress should increase funding for programs like broadband expansion 
to improve rural economies. On the policy front, I think efforts to encourage deployment of broadband in rural America are an obvious step to take if you want to create economic opportunity. There are 24 million people in rural America that don't have broadband today. It's going to take some federal policy action to really create an environment where we can make that happen. And rural co-ops who are very focused in their communities are very interested in making sure broadband is available to all of their consumers. Matheson adds he wants to see more funding for rural broadband programs, but understands it's still early in the game. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse update is brought to you by FLM Harvest, a strategic, full-service, creative consultancy proud to reach more farmers, farmer boards, and food and commodity associations than any agency in the country. Learn more at flmharvest.com. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.